Hi everyone, this is Jamie Caponetta. Welcome back to Possum University Podcast. First things first, happy birthday to Pudge. Yes, our oldest but littlest uh, turned three years old on Monday. She's such a baby. She's not the oldest, though. I, In no, my eyes, she's, she's the not. oldest because she's been around the, the longest. She's not the oldest. Oakley's the oldest. We don't know how old no, he is. No, he's the oldest. I'm <laughs> She's not allowed to be older. What do you mean she's not allowed to be older? She's not. She's the baby. Just because she's tiny doesn't mean that she's the baby. Opal's the baby. No, she's the baby. She's my first, and she's the baby. <laughs> All right. So we had a pretty good weekend. Yes, we it did. Was a pretty good turnout for the first group hike. You keep saying first annual. That's not the first annual. No? No. That's it. The very least. Am I the, using the word annual the first, wrong? You're using the word annual. <laughs> it could be the first biannual. But I think we're doing it more than once a year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do the next one? I would like to do it as soon as possible. I had a bunch of people come up to me and say that they wished they could have made it, but had uh, other things going on. But they were they were really excited to see all the, the photos and the videos and stuff, and they want their dog to go and, and kind of get that experience, which I think we should do it as much as possible. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit more prep. It still it went really well. It did. And I we was had, actually really impressed by a lot of the dogs there. We had, what, 14 dogs? We had about 14. 13, 14. Um, for those of who don't know, um, we, this past weekend on Sunday, did a Possum University group hike. Um, I wanted this, the, the idea came around, um, not too long ago, um, because I have a lot of clients that come to me with dog reactivity on leash or if it's off leash, just in general, you know, barking at strangers and dogs and anything outside that they have a problem with that is very difficult for them to walk their dogs. So with all my clients that come to me about this kind of stuff, I always, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we got to practice. So I either bring Oakley or Pudge and help them but you can get so much more experience and so so many more situations um you know if you create the distractions so i was like all right we and john were discussing it one night and i said let's let's do like a hike or let's do like a play group and the hike sounded way better because we all know that when dogs are stagnant just standing there on their their leashes and harnesses they get very antsy and they're more they're more likely to react so we decided to use the Manasquan Reservoir in Howell, New Jersey. For those of you have, that haven't gone, you should. It's beautiful. Um, and basically we all met up and it was like 1030 in the morning. And I made sure everybody had their high value treats on them to treat the reactive dogs. And obviously well-behaved dogs were invited as well because, you know, you can't have too many naughty dogs in one place. You need to balance it out. So um Oakley was there, and our our very good friend Crystal's Morgan was there, um, you know, and a couple other dogs that aren't super reactive and just kind of wanted to walk mixed in with the more reactive dogs. Um, most of the clients that did come with their reactive dogs were very nervous, um, but I told them that half the battle is them calming themselves down because if they're nervous, their dog's definitely going to be nervous. So um, lo and behold, every single one of them did brilliant they really did. I mean, they barked in the beginning when we met in the parking lot, but once we started on the trail, not a peep. Not a peep. They were all hanging out. They actually they actually like 
interacted with each other very positively. Um, a lot of them booped noses, um, took treats near each other, um, you know, gave each other kisses and some play, a little bit of play while we were walking. It was really good. Um, I had one client that, um, you know, it was, it was their first time with, with their dog kind of being unleashed with other dogs. She goes to daycare, but never physically with her owners. They were kind of nervous. She was going to be protective and she did, she did way better than they would have ever expected. And now they're thinking about getting a second dog. So it was definitely like very enlightening for a lot of clients and a lot of, you know, we had a lot of people that, that came on Sunday that weren't my clients. So they were just friends of friends and heard about the event. So it was really, it was really nice. Let's talk about most improved. Most improved. Oh, cash. I know uh, his mom, Raven, is probably screaming right now that he's getting this little shout out. Um, Cash is one of my clients. We've been working with him for about four months now, Um, mostly because uh, his obedience was not so great. Um, He was a little bit stubborn. Um, He was hard of hearing when he wanted to be, Um, but mostly his reactivity inside the apartment with anybody, anything, anybody that moved outside of those four walls um, on leash. Um, Raven is very tiny, so holding uh, Cash was definitely um, a nerve-wracking situation for her because he's much bigger. And um, he would he would lunge and he would bark and he would carry on. It'd be impossible for her and her boyfriend, Nick, to walk him and um, just enjoy it. And it was like very uh, a very anxious uh, time for them most of the time. And living in an apartment community, it was, you know, she was like, oh my God, we're those people. And she hates it. So um, we worked really hard in his commands inside the house. And they were shocked about how how hard he worked and um, how much better he got. Not only that, but he lost a ton of weight. He was definitely a little bit overweight. Um, and we actually figured out that his excessive water drinking was due to the food he was on, had too much sodium. Now, every dog is different. Not saying that any dog, uh, any other dog would be on this food and have the same problem. But for some reason, Cash had this response to this food where he would just drink a ton of water, feel super thirsty, and drink excessive amounts of water. She said it was almost a gallon a day. Yeah, and they had to really limit him. Um, now they can, they can put water down and he does not drink the entire bowl. It's a huge game changer for them. Um, and he, he lost, I think at least four pounds and he looks really good. He has a little bit of a waist again. Um, but, uh, the biggest thing that we worked on was the leash reactivity. And this past Sunday, he was the most well-behaved dog other than my Oakley, obviously, but Oakley never really had dog reactivity at all. So huge improvement from cash. I mean, this is a dog that used to bark at a statue of a man would flip out over a statue that did not move. That was obviously an inanimate object. And now he is doing so great. And, you know, Raven was just over the moon. I mean, Nick's smile was about to fall off his face. And it was just really great to see the progress. And it only took four months. Four months, dedication, patience, and confidence that it's going to work. And I never, I never met Cash before all this, so I was just, I just thought he was the greatest dog. That's just awesome. <laughs> you got I, I would have never thought he had any issues. He even gave Oakley a kiss. He Nobody did. Was I was so surprised. Oh God, he, they all did so great. And then, um, what about Shrek? Poor Shrek. Shrek did good. Um, I, I have. He needed Jesus. Is what I wrote down. <laughs> um, Shrek is from the SPCA. He was actually adopted very recently um, by one of my clients. Her name is Caitlin, and um, she loves him so much. But he's he's a very big boy. He's a big pit bull. He's about like ninety five pounds. Um, he's thick. 
Um, and he, she said that they haven't really done um, too long of a walk, and especially not with a lot of dogs. So she was very nervous coming up, and he's very strong. So um, halfway through, this boy was panting. Uh, the drool was everywhere. And at one point in uh, uh, at the reservoir where the, the path is, there's a little stream that goes across the path because it leads into the bridge. And he just laid right down in the, the cool water. He refused. Uh, he, he refused to get up. We were dying laughing. His friend that came with him, um, another Oakley, was actually like, like alerting us, like, help him, man down. And we were all cracking up. And Shrek wanted nothing to do with the walk after that. He was like, nope, I'm good right here. But he did really good with the other dogs. She was really surprised as well. So I wanted to talk to you because I noticed you were working on a pretty cool exercise with one of the dogs at the Monmouth County SPCA. Yes, that was uh, today. Prince. He's a beautiful black pity and he's... He's up for adoption now, or he's going to be up for adoption? Yes. This week, he should be going up for adoption. He's going up for adoption. And uh, he had a couple incidents of just mild guarding, uh, mainly stress-related. So Jamie went in there to work with him, and she had a really cool exercise that I want you to talk about with the three bowls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I don't have a name for this exercise yet, but it's a lot of fun, and the dogs seem to really enjoy it. Um, This is targeted more... um, for the, the way that it started out was targeted more for food aggression and, and food bowl aggression. But for Prince, it actually worked for him as I transformed it into a little bit something extra. So you can, you know, this is this is for every type of dog when it comes to guarding. Um, so basically you get three food bowls. Uh, we were doing it at the park at the SPCA. Um, so, you know, it was gated in and there was not too many distractions. There were a couple of dogs going back and forth, but nothing crazy. Um, it was just me and my um, training assistant, Mary. Um she was videotaping and just, you know, um, helping me out when I needed it. Um, the three bowls were on the floor. Um, I have really, I had really high value treats. I had some hot dogs, um, that I was, you know, kind of ripping up as I was going along that were in my treat pouch. And, um, so the three bowls are on the floor and you're ripping up your treats. And so you plop one in the first bowl and he goes and gets it. And then you plop it in the second one, the third one. So he understands that all the food that's in the bowls are for him. Um, then when you go back to the first bowl, you drop that in there as he's distracted, getting the food out of that bowl, you pick up the second one, you physically pick it up while he's distracted, let him see you put the food in it. You place it back down. He should eat the treat. Um, and then so on and so forth for a little bit as he gets used to you picking up the bowl and putting something yummy in it. The idea of this for the food aggression is for them to understand that when you touch their bowl, it gets better. You're not taking it away. You're not taking it away forever. It's just for a second. If they're patient and they're sweet, they will get the high value reward. Um, as you keep doing this, you will see the dog actually relax a little bit more and it becomes more fun for them. Now, Prince knows a lot of commands. So depending on what type of dog that you're working with, um, use your discretion about what you're going to do in the meantime. Um, Prince knows me pretty well. Um, so I was a little bit more comfortable with him than I would a random dog that I just met with guarding. So you obviously don't want to go full fledged and just kind of go into this and, and, and go a little crazy. Um, so Prince knows wait and he knows leave it and he knows look and he knows paw. So I was practicing those things with him as I was doing this. So I was actually distracting him and making it still fun and giving him that confidence about stuff that he already knows. Um, so he was feeling kind of beefed up and, and, and having a good time. Um, so I would, you know, put the food, um, in the bowls, put it down and tell him to wait. And he would, 
Now, if he broke, there were a couple times where he did break because he was so excited. And obviously, he's in the shelter, so he's a little bit extra stressed. Um, I would take the bowl and I would kind of drag it away from him. He was fine with that. Now, I would never tell a random stranger that wanted to work with him to just go and do that. He needs to trust you first. Um, that's more of an advanced dog that you're working with. That's more um, long-term in the process of guarding um, is the trust. Um so he respects me on that level and will allow me to touch his food. But I want him to be okay with the food bowl when the um, canine care staff at the shelter are working with him and putting his food bowls down when, when he's in the dig. Um, a lot of dogs at the shelter experience this because it's a little bit more close quarters in there and they feel a little bit more confined and they'll act out that way. They get a little bit more reactive. Um, so fast forward to what I was doing with Prince that was more targeted towards him because he doesn't necessarily too much have food aggression. Um... It's more so um, moving of inanimate objects. For some strange reason, when Prince is stressed, and it's only when he's stressed, if you move furniture or you move anything on the ground um, that isn't necessarily supposed to move, um, he basically will kind of go to um, react towards the object um, and kind of mouth it. Um, and he, you know, he, he, get, he almost sees red. He gets a little crazy. He gets amped up for sure. Um, so this is something I really wanted to target and really focus on with him. So something that, you know, I know that he won't be able, and something that's not high value, you know, a food bowl that's empty is not super high value at all. Um, especially one that, you know, we're working with, you know, it's not super crazy. It's not, um, anything brand new that just got shoved in his face. It's something that we were working for, uh, working with for a little bit. Um, I was practicing after he was taking the treats out of them. I was actually sliding the bowls with my foot across him so left to right in front of his face um in the beginning he was definitely reacting towards them more he never once mouthed them but he definitely ran towards them and kind of like like was body blocking them a little bit getting a little amped up and when he when I said leave it if he left it alone he got the hot dog from my hand um and then he got another one in the bowl um doing this allowed him to understand that he doesn't need to react to those types of things. And when he leaves it, he gets something yummy in return. He gets something better than it would be to mouth the bowl because there's no value in that. Um, so over time, his reactivity towards the moving bowl completely subsided. Um, he, you know, the second he saw it move, he just kind of looked at it and looked up at me expecting a treat, which is what I want. I want him to, when he gets emotional about something... He needs to think, okay, I could get a treat for this if I do something, you know, opposite of what I want to do. Um, so that's the way I was working that. And he did so well. Um, you know, his, his, the random guarding is probably his biggest issue and pretty much his only issue. Um, when I started working with him, he had really, really, really bad leash reactivity. And now that's pretty much non-existent. I was actually really proud of him today because there were a, a couple of dogs that were, outside of the the park at the shelter and he really didn't pay them too much mind he didn't bark once which if you saw him eight months ago you'd be seeing a completely different dog um so yeah that was a really really awesome exercise and i think he i mean amazing results from him he did great you think we could put the video of the exercise somewhere on social media absolutely i can post it to possum university instagram, instagram? yep the instagram okay so if you're curious check possum university instagram and hopefully it's on there yeah, we'll get it on there. We'll get it on there. We could put it on Facebook, too. Yeah, we could. All right. I just had to wrangle Opal, so I'm a little out of breath. I see that. I'm a little thirsty, so. All right. <laughs> I wanted to talk about warm weather tips because, obviously, dogs are very susceptible to the elements. 
more than we are. They can't sweat. All they can do is pant, and it, they could like sweat a little bit through their paws or their pads, something mm-hmm. like that. It's not enough relief, though. Yeah. So, <clears throat> one of the the biggest tips, especially puzzle mocks. I'm sure all this information is going to be distributed to all the the wonderful people at puzzle mocks. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Check the asphalt temperature before you walk a dog on the street or the sidewalk. Um, that's best. You could do that best with the back of your hand. Um, just like how you would check the back of you know, a door in a house fire, mm-hmm. the back of your hand. Check asphalt with the back of your hand. If you can't tolerate it, neither can their pads. So don't walk them or walk them on the grass. Keep it quick. Bring them back inside. Always inspect their pads for any injuries. Now, question about that. Yes. Um, a sidewalk is obviously not... It's not a blacktop. Yeah. So is the sidewalk okay? If it on feels a really the same? hot day, it could still get pretty still? hot. Okay. So check it. You know, um, so it's even, not just even, the regular asphalt. It could be any type right. of surface. Think about walking on the beach in the sand. Yeah, that's hot. Like it's really hot. Yes, it does. Even the grass could get hot sometimes. So always just check the surface, especially on the really hot days and really dry days. Do them a favor. The other thing is the brachycephalic dogs. Say what? Short nose, <laughs> short nose breeds. Um, that would be pugs, bulldogs, Boston terriers, Pekingese, boxers, Shih Tzus, French bulldogs. I guess some pit bulls, depending oh, on yeah. their mixes. They're absolutely. There's a lot of pit bulls with the squished noses. Yeah. So the squished nose, they are way less tolerant to heat. They're gonna get exhausted faster. They're not gonna be able to. Pant as efficiently, and panting is their biggest mechanism for cooling their bodies down. They evaporate in their throats, and it, it gets heat out of their body. So dogs like that, you really have to monitor. Limit exercise on really hot days. And if it seems like they're getting really exhausted, so signs of that would be excessive or loud panting, extreme thirst, frequent vomiting. That's a big issue. Bright red tongue or pale gums. Skin around the muzzle or neck doesn't snap back so if you like you pinch it and you let it go and it just kind of slowly just kind of mm-hmm. goes back to where it was that could be a pretty good indicator that they have dehydration as well as thick saliva is another indicator and well, increase- can you talk a little bit about um the gums how you just said the the pale gums about mm-hmm. how um yeah well you could you could inspect their gums and if they feel really tacky and there's no capillary refill so when you press on it and you let go and it doesn't seem like there's like blood rushing back. They're yeah, just that's not a good thing. Pale. Then you really want to think about getting them into the car with the AC on and going over to the vet and getting them checked out and make sure everything's okay. Um, also, do not stick your fingers in anybody else's dog's mouth, please. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. And if the Possum Moss girls are listening, or Ken, or Billy, <laughs> you've been warned. Um, but speaking of vets. Yes. Our favorite vets are now... Do you hear what's going on behind us? I do. Opal, relax. She's playing. Our she fav- always chooses time when we when we uh, yeah. do podcasts to play. Yeah, normally, she'd be asleep. So, our favorite vets are now on Facebook. I'm so excited. They're not on Instagram yet. We're working on it. We're, we're waiting for them to come to Instagram. So, if everyone goes and likes their page on Facebook, they'll come to Instagram. And you'll get all the knowledge that you want to know about your dog. So All who, the knowledge. Who are they? Ugh, the best people ever. Um, the VVCC from the SPCA. It's the Vogel Veterinarian. Vogel Veterinary Care Center. I always mess it up. It's located at 260 Wall Street in Eatontown, New Jersey. The same building as the SPCA. They're basically a section of the SPCA. 
and it's super affordable vet care. So, like when we say super affordable, it's ridiculous. And the the quality of care is three times what I've ever experienced at another vet. Hundred percent. They are they obviously being a part of the shelter. They they really really do put so much effort into helping shelter dogs that have already you know either been abused or are, are working their way back from something or just really really bad experiences at the vet. Obviously, if it's a dog that's been um, adopted from the shelter, like it's very stressful. So they understand this. And once, you know, these dogs get into um, a, a loving home and then all of a sudden they have to go back to the vet, it's very scary for them. They don't know if they're going back to the shelter or, you know, what's going to happen. And so they do everything they possibly can to make your dog feel comfortable. They do everything they can not to use a muzzle. They do everything they can not to lay on top of your dog to cut their nails. They have a sling that they'll put your dog in and they kind of hoist them in the air. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. They just sit there with the stupidest look on their face (laughs) while their paws are sticking out. They basically look like they're in this like swing and and they're kind of hoisted in the air like a trapeze. And uh, they, you know, whatever whatever vet you have is clipping away at those nails and the dogs, I mean, they can't bite them, but they're not being muzzled. They're not being held down. They're not being, um, you know, what's the word? What do you do? Restrained. Not He's not restrained. Um, you know, it's a little bit more of a lax situation. Um, anybody can like, you know, pet their heads, give them peanut butter. Um, it's, it's a, it's a lot less, uh, stressful for everybody involved and, um, it makes it so injuries don't occur. Um, so we love them. So much. All three of our dogs go there. They they are our main our main vet. It's not just for like clinic and and vaccine vaccinations and stuff like that. It they are our main vet. We go there for everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, they cured Oakley's heartworm. Yes, they did. Yeah, Oakley had heartworm when we first adopted him. Uh, pretty bad actually. We didn't realize how bad it was until he actually got better and we saw how he was supposed to be. Um, and he had to go there two or three times for his two times and then I think and the then third a time was his checkup. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, heartworm can be very serious. They can't really tell how bad it is, um, but they have to treat it as soon as possible. So, um, he was on medication for a while there. Was it antibiotics? He was antibiotics for almost a month. Yeah, I think it was Yeah, and then once the month is up, they go Danielle's in. Danielle's definitely going to listen to this and be like, no, you idiot. <laughs> Danielle, if we're totally butchering this, we're sorry. We can't remember. It was literally almost a year ago. Um... Anyway, we went in and he had to spend the whole day there. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he's going to be, you know, getting medication all day. He's going to be in pain. And Danielle assured me that um, actually the medication is very quick, but they have to keep them there all day so they can monitor them to make sure that they don't have any negative reaction to the medication. So Oakley literally hung out with Danielle and Dr. Mammon and Mackenzie and Nicole and uh, everyone back there, um, Asia and... uh, Kareen was there at the time. We miss you, Kareen. Um, and just had a ball for eight hours. Just hung out with them. Uh, we have amazing pictures that they sent us because obviously we were super worried about him. And he's in the inventory room. He's hanging out. He's doing stock in the back room with Nicole. <laughs> like, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> and um, yeah, they just took such good care of him. He had to go back twice and they just did such a good job. And Kareen's uh, shave job on his back was like perfect square um so you know we are just so grateful to them they've they've cured a lot of um of our three musketeers issues over the last year and uh we're just very grateful but um if you're looking for a vet if you're not happy with yours go to the spca and this is seriously not a commercial 
we're not being paid for this genuine love if you're in (laughs) this this central new jersey area you really should just check them out even if you have a bet that you're like oh you're not crazy about but you don't want to go through the hassle of changing them just give it a shot. Yep. I actually convinced one of my, my clients in Howell. Now, that's that's a little bit of a hike. That's at least 45 minutes to uh, – is it 45 minutes? No, it's like 25, 30. All right. It's about what we do. Is it? Yeah, but most people don't want to go that far. Yeah, that is still anyway. pretty far most for Most people a find general. a vet in their town and that's it. Anyway, she went um, – they loved it. Their dog is a rescue, a little skittish, um, definitely working on a lot of um, stranger danger issues. Um, and they could not say more good things about being there. It was – they were just blown away about the care um, that they give and just um, – not only that, but the way that they communicate to the clients. Um, they don't treat them like, oh, yes, I'm a doctor and you're the owner. You know, they make you feel like they're your best friend and they would, they're would they talking to you the way that your best friend would talk to you about your, your sick dog or your sick cat or whatever you have going on. Um, they make you aware of what's going on. They explain it fully and, and you are fully in control. It's not like when um, a couple of vets I've had where I go, I'm there, they do nothing, and then I'm paying $300 for things that I didn't even know I was getting. Uh, you know, the, no one comes in with medication and just take, and they just give it. And then, you know, you have the bill at the end and you're not even sure of the cost. They show you the cost first and, you know, it's your decision. You are in control. And that's what I love about them the most. Let's actually do something kind of cool. Yes. So there's an Easter egg in the clinic rooms. Ooh, yes. So there are four paintings hanging in the VVCC painted by Jamie. Because before she started Possum University and Possum Walk, she had Possum Paintings, where she does these absolutely ridiculous, super realistic, lifelike paintings of people's dogs. And she did four paintings that are currently hanging on the walls of the VVCC clinic. If you go and you take your pet to the VVCC and you take a picture of the painting and possibly your pet. Mm-hmm. Next to it. If yeah. your dog is small yeah. enough to yeah. pick up. <laughs> And then send it to us on social media somewhere, or you can email it to us. Then we will give you something. For free. Yeah. Probably some kind of Possum University t-shirt or sweatshirt or something. But if you do that. Or credit towards walks or trainings. It depends on who you are. Yeah. It depends on what you want. What you want. Maybe some CBD dog treats. Ooh. There you go. We'll we'll have a list of things you could pick from. But if you go and you do that, you send us that picture, then we're going to give that to you. Because that's how much we support what they're doing there. We support the vets there. We support the vet techs there. And we're 100% behind them. And our volunteers too. Don't forget about our volunteers. Mm-hmm. Tom so Bonhag. Tom, I saw you today in that surgery room. Yes. Tom's awesome. <laughs> that man, he just works nonstop. Mm-hmm. And he's just volunteer. He loves it. He always has a smile on his face. He's a volunteer EMT too. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. For a long time now. What a man. He's awesome. Okay. You had questions? Yes. About dogs in the car. Yes. So I have a lot of people that come to me, uh, clients, friends, family, people I meet on the street that I'd never met before that, you know, depending on the situation, um, whether, you know, we're in a parking lot or something like that, or they're telling me a story and, um, 
everyone gets very open arms about animals in cars. Mostly dogs, obviously, because yeah. no one really brings their dog to the to shop, right? Their cat, I mean, that, their cat. no one brings their cat to shop, right? No. Um, so the questions always come up, what is the law on it? Are you allowed to, if, if it's a nice day and you bring them, do you have to have the windows open? Um, does the car need to be on? What are the, What's the ruling on this? Okay, so the actual statute in New Jersey is, it's under Title Four, like all the other animal laws. So it's 4 colon 22 dash 17 and then in parentheses A and then a 3. So 422-17-A-3. Sounds really easy. It's pretty easy. <laughs> that takes you right to the statute. Um, basically, it's the statute, it's about a paragraph long and it says like, Causing unnecessary cruelty to an animal by any direct or indirect means, including but not limited to leaving an animal in a vehicle unaccompanied under inhumane conditions. So the statute doesn't go into what inhumane conditions are. It doesn't say the vehicle needs to be running. It doesn't say the AC needs to be on. It doesn't say the windows need to be cracked. So it comes down to, I would recommend, yes, if you're going to bring your dog, leave the AC on. Don't even, don't crack the windows. It doesn't do anything. Leave the AC on and keep monitoring your vehicle. Don't just leave it where you can't see it Mm -hmm. and forget about it because either you run a risk of your dog changing the climate control to hot. It's happened before. Mm -hmm. You run a risk of somebody not realizing that the car is running and the AC is on and they decide to do vigilante justice and break your window and take your dog. Um... You know, there's all kinds of issues that can happen. You always want to be able to see your vehicle, check on it. But if you're going to leave it running, leave the AC on. So if you're going to ShopRite, which nobody goes to ShopRite and only spends five minutes, don't do it. Leave them home. Look, at, at the end of the day, just leave the dog home. It's not necessary. Or stop home and drop your dog off. You want to take him to the beach, that's fine. But then bring him home before you go to the store. But the statute... Does only say that it's only illegal under inhumane conditions, and inhumane conditions would be that the dog would need to be under obvious distress, so heavy panting, usually escaping the heat by the floorboards. So, if what you should do if you see a dog in a car, just call your local police. Call your local police, who will then send an officer out because they're going to be able to get there first. They're going to get there before animal control. They're going to get there before the county humane law enforcement. So let them get on scene and they will dispatch, whether it be if you need county humane law enforcement, which is the SPCA, or you need animal control, which is the SPCA or Humane Society, they'll dispatch those people. You don't have to worry about calling them. Call your local police department. They'll send somebody out. And they're, you know we're the ones that are trained on identifying what's bad, what when we need to intervene. Because if you go breaking windows or you start confrontations, you're only going to get yourself in trouble. That answer your question? Yes. Um, I guess my other thing is also, I feel when it comes to this topic, there are some people that get involved and go so crazy about it because the laws are kind of... um, Vague. Very vague. Yeah. Um, So like you said, the vigilante people who, you know, if a dog's in a car... But it's 60 degrees and it's not that sunny. They still think it's awful that the dog is in the car. Now, if you are one of those people, you need to stop because that's not fair. <laughs> you know, you can't deem what is um, right 
by animal lovers. You know, if you do this, you're not an animal lover. That's not true. Everybody takes care of their animals in their own way. Maybe it's not the same way that you would take care of them, but that doesn't mean it's against the law or they don't love their animal. So just a, a, a public service announcement. If the dog is not actually being harmed, it's not a, it's not a super hot day. Don't freak out. You know, obviously if that dog is in there for more than two hours and it's alone, and doesn't have any water, then obviously you mm-hmm. you know you can get upset. But if you just visually see this dog who's just hanging out in a car and he doesn't seem distressed or upset at all, just leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, there's a good portion of the year where it's not even hot enough for it to be. It's probably more comfortable in the car. Mm-hmm. So and you, some dogs you keep do like mind. being in that in the car like that. They don't mind it. But typically, when it gets around seventy degrees, is when we start really enforcing it mm-hmm. and worrying about it. Um, because once you get to 70 degrees and it, it, after about 30 minutes, the inside temperature of the car, if it's in direct sunlight, is going to be right around 95. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, 50, 60 degrees, it's probably fairly comfortable in the vehicle. Yes. Um, so it's, it's all about, you, you know, the outside temperature. Situational. And, and you got to feel it out. You got to put your emotions aside and say, what's, what's going on here? What are the facts? Is this dog in distress? And if you really don't know. Because we can sympathize with this. We're animal lovers. But we're just, we're, we've seen it more times than most people. So if you don't know, call your local police department. If you think something's wrong, call your local police department. And they know what to do. They know how to handle it. They'll reach out to the people they need to reach out to. And stay there. Stay there and monitor the dog until the officer gets there. You're more than welcome to stay with the officer. If you want to put in a complaint on your own, you can do that. But just remember that if the dog isn't in distress... If it's not under inhumane conditions, you can't break a window. You can't open somebody's car door. You can't take somebody's dog. Um, but then again, if you do see a dog in distress, call us. Mm-hmm. Always call us because it does not take that long for a dog to succumb to high temperatures. Absolutely. It gets it, the inside of a car can get to 115 degrees on a hot summer day fast. Really fast. With no ventilation. People think. Cracking the windows does anything. It hardly does anything. I mm-hmm. think there was a study done in it. The difference in temperature was like five degrees. And when you're talking about 115 degrees, 110 is going to kill you just as fast as 115. Absolutely. So that's that. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into the summer months now. So this is when we start. We It already started yesterday. We had our first one of the, of the year. And yesterday, like I said, was a really hot day. Yes. Yesterday was... My car said it was 90. I know that's not correct. It was probably like between 80, 85 as mm-hmm. a high. But that's, you You shouldn't be leaving your dog in the car. 85 Absolutely. degrees. Now, I'm sure that for a lot of people that are home right now listening to this, stems a lot of questions in this realm. So, um, guys, if you guys have any questions about this type of subject uh, in terms of heat, summer, wild animals, your animals, um, law enforcement, ACO-wise... Um, you know, reach out to us and let us know what your questions are. And then maybe next uh, podcast, we can answer those questions. And the more questions we get, the the more material we'll have to put out more episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't have a whole lot going on, and it's just kind of just grinding with, with the possum brands, then we're not really worried about how oh, we got to answer these questions, we got to do this podcast episode. So we're here for you guys. So if you have questions, ask them. Yep, shoot them our way. Um, everyone, we hope you have a great night. Um, MDW is upon us. 
Everybody get ready. Oh, no. Um, Please don't drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. And get an Uber. If you are having a party at your house, be kind to your dogs. Do not have crazy drunk people all over the place and expect your dog to behave. Give them things to do, frozen marrow bones, um, you know, let them relax in your room while you're outside. Give them breaks. Do not have them outside all day if they're not in a pool or drinking water or in shade. Mm -hmm. They get stressed out and when they get stressed out, they do naughty things and we don't want it to be their fault. And watch your drunk friends. Get your drunk friend away from the dog. Do not let your drunk friend give the dog beer. If you do a keg stand with your dog like the idiots from that college in New York, I will personally come to your house. <laughs> and it will be a problem. Don't do it. I don't even know what video you're talking about, but I'm intrigued to watch what? it now. It's all over the news. I don't watch There's the news a, because uh, I thrive on positivity. Uh, I told you this. I don't me. watch the news. The only news I get is from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Okay. That's uh, it. Now I got to pull it up for you real quick before we cut this out. No. Yes. Right now? I'm nervous. Fraternity suspended. Forcing well, dog to do a keg stand in hope Snapchat. So, video. did the dog actually drink Hofstra. it? Hofstra. Hofstra. Here, let's Click on it. Oh, I, I gotta make sure that's actually a video. Hold on. There it goes. There. Oh no! Look at these fucking idiots. Is it a puppy? Yes. Wow. That poor dog. Yeah. So, it's I hope funny. that dog is very funny. Not it's, with them any longer. No, it's not. The law enforcement authorities came in and actually took the dog from them. The Hofstra suspended the entire fraternity. So they did the right thing. The underground. How, how stupid do you need to be? Ay, ay, ay. Fraternity boys, don't get dogs. <laughs> Don't do it. Please don't. Get a goldfish or something. No, don't do that either. You'll forget to feed it. Um, just don't do it. You, you don't need a dog in college. Wait till you get home. Oh, Oakley heard. He's not happy about that. Why? All right, everybody. Have a great night, everyone. And as always, class dismissed. <laughs>